You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Well, surprise, we don't have Richard Franzi with us today. No, don't turn off your dials. We're going to promise to make it a good show here, even if Rick can't make it today here. Rick is in the process of moving, and for those of you who have moved, it's a horrendous affair. Uh, And so he's having some technical issues and whatnot, asked me to fill in. My name is Paul Roberts, and I am, in fact, uh, the weekly engineer for the show and sometimes co-host of the event. So it's not like I've never done this before, but uh, uh, Rick and I always have slightly different styles and uh, we'll uh, we'll adjust accordingly here today. For those of you uh, listening for the very first time, um, I want to remind you that uh, you are listening to Critical Mass for Business. Uh, it's a radio show series here broadcast on OC Talk Radio and syndicated on many other channels, iTunes, Stitchers, and elsewhere. Uh, it's produced in partnership with uh, Renaissance Executive Forums, uh, which is a, uh, a peer-to-peer group, uh, CEO peer group that Rick leads locally here uh, and has written a book about. So for those of you who want to know more about CEO peer groups, by all means, check out uh, criticalmassforbusiness.com and you'll find Rick's book on the subject and a lot of really interesting ideas and surveys and information about how you can learn from the experiences of others, which is, of course, the purpose of the show today. We want to learn from all of our guests, but I, in particular, want to learn about this next guest here. He's doing something that I'm not sure I really kind of wrap my head around completely, all the implications of it. On the surface, it seems pretty simple. It's a business called wherever.com. TV, And the idea is that you can listen to TV, I guess, wherever. But I'm going to bring our guest on, the CEO and founder of Wherever.TV, Mark Kavikia. Did I say that correctly, Mark? Yes, you did. Thank you for having me. Okay. Wherever.TV. Is this just like, so I can just watch any show wherever? Or is this, because I'm looking at the website as well, and it seems like this isn't just reruns of old shows. This isn't just Netflix. This is something totally different. Explain to us what it is. Well, basically, we're taking the cable or satellite model, and we're moving it onto the Internet with a few, I would say, unique twists. The one thing that we let people do, as you, as you said, the name Wherever TV, really the, the idea is to let users take their favorite channels, and take them with them wherever they go and watch them on whatever device they want to. Uh, and we're currently in the process of launching a U.S. service later this year that will allow people to, to do some of that. And so let's ex- let's delve a little further into this. Right now you do or do not have U.S. programming. Is it all international-based with the exception of U.S., and you're going to add that, or do you currently have U.S. programming? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there is a service. The, the answer is yes and no. We don't have... The mainstream U.S. channels as of today, at least not live, we've reached uh, uh, a number of uh, agreements with, with some channels, a lot of them that you would be familiar with, but I can't uh, actually disclose them as of yet. But okay, uh, sure. we, do, we, do, we do have some free-to-air uh, channels. So there's a service on our website called Global TV, and it's $5 a month. And what we've done is gone out and aggregated a lot of the free-to-air channels from around the world. Uh, there's about 60 countries, about 300 channels, um, and we put those in one guide, and we, we let you watch that either on your iPhone, your Android phone or tablet. Uh, you can broadcast it onto a television through, uh, if, you have a, if, a, if you have an iPhone or an iPad and an Apple TV device, you can broadcast from your iPad to the Apple TV. If you have uh, an Android uh, system, they actually have what's called a Google TV box, it's similar to the Apple TV box. Sure, right. So, so Isn't the Google one that they call it like Chromecast, or is that something different? I know there's uh, one you can plug into your, uh, uh, you can plug it into your laptops or whatever. Correct. Well, well, Chromecast actually is a small dongle. It's like a U, it looks like a USB drive right. that you insert into the back of your television, and it allows you to broadcast from your smartphone or your tablet. Whatever you're watching, it could be a recorded video, it could be a live video onto the television. So we are we are doing some testing with that with our Greek television uh, product, um, but we don't have it on the Chromecast. We don't have it readily available today. It will be available for the U.S. service, but ideally, like I said, you know, you, you'd asked about the the programming. So right. the, 
the majority of our programming that we sell today that's, that's, that you pay for, um, we have a, a Greek package, uh, which is you know, several channels from Greece that are live. Right. And we have a number of Arabic channels. We have about 52 Arabic channels. Yeah, I see Moroccan, I see Arabic, I see those Correct. kind of things, right? Co- correct. So, yeah, so really we we kind of got the start in the free space, so bringing the free-to-air stuff to, uh, originally we were doing it to PCs back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, had our own, we had our own box back then as well because there weren't all these boxes in the marketplace. Sure. And really, I, ideally, our business was never to be a box manufacturer. Really, our business is the program guide. So the, the concept of this guide that has your favorite channels in it that can move from device to device and from geography to geography for traveling, if you move, what have you, you, you actually take the channels with you. you know, they can reside on your iPhone or your smartphone or your tablet, and you can then broadcast them either on that small screen or then if you get to somewhere which has a television and an Internet connection, you can broadcast it to the big screen. So that's that's really the concept behind wherever TV. Okay, and I mentioned at the top of the hour here that I'm still struggling to get my head around this, so I'm going to ask a couple other probing questions and make sure I understand this and our audience gets it here. You're talking about live TV. This isn't just you're taking recorded content like uh, iTunes Store or whatever and simply replaying it. This is live from Greece or Morocco or eventually here in the United States, right? Correct. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really replicating the cable model with a few twists. We, we don't have, if you think about a, a company like a Comcast, uh, they've got wires that run into your house. They've right. got trucks. They've got an installation team. I mean, they've got a lot of overhead and in, 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 in investment in that infrastructure Massive. that we simply, we simply don't have nor do we want, um, and what we're doing is delivering the same sort of content at a lower price with hopefully better better, better uh, customer service and a, and a higher uh, uh, customer satisfaction than the, than the incumbents can do. And if I don't know if you saw the – there was a new survey that came out uh, today. It comes out every year. It's um, from the – what is the name of this uh, survey here? I have it right here. It's okay. the American uh, – where's that? It's the uh, – American Customer Satisfaction Index. Okay. And every every year they rank all the industries. There's 43 different industries, and every year, at least as of late, uh, both the cable television mm-hmm. and the uh, internet service providers always come out at the bottom. Down there so with the uh, car salesmen and people like that here, huh? Well, they're, they're, I think they're even worse. But, uh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but but, 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 but so, so so I think that there's a unique opportunity right now. You've got a lot of people that are unhappy with with who they have. There aren't really a lot of choices out there. If you look at uh, the news and you see Comcast trying to acquire Time Warner, you look at uh, now AT&T trying to acquire DirecTV, and if those two mergers go through, you've got two companies controlling roughly 67% of the cable and Internet uh, connections in the United States. That really means less choices for people. And and as as we all know, when you have fewer choices, typically you have uh, worse service and higher prices. Yes, exactly. It's supposed to promise uh, synergies, but the synergies only work for the stockholders and not for the customers. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, we're gonna t- we got to take a quick commercial. I got a lot more questions about this because I'm really excited. It sounds like you're doing something really radically different, and we like that here on Critical Mass for Business. So we're gonna ask you. We're gonna delve a little more into this. Make sure we understand all the implications of it. Then we'll talk a little bit about what your inspiration was for this and and how you got into this. We're gonna do all that and more right after we come back from a quick commercial break. Here you're listening to Critical Mass for Business. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. 
to understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals. Give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Okay, we're back with our guest from WhereverTV.com. We're back with Mark Kavikia. i got to make sure I say that right. Kavikia. Uh, Rick seems to to find, is is that Italian, Sicilian? What's the origin of that name? It's obviously some sort of Italian name or something. It's Italian, yes. From the region region is Abruzzo, which is directly east of Rome. Oh, okay. The only reason I ask is because Rick is very Italian. He's Sicilian. And it seems like he, more than any show on our network, gets more Italians than Sicilians. I don't know what it is, but you guys must all gravitate together here or something. That's how it works. (laughs) I'm Irish. I I have to find some Irish guests here. (laughs) All right. So we're we're exploring this uh, rather radical proposition called wherever.tv. Now, on the surface of it, I'm looking at the website, it says you can access more than 300 channels from over 60 countries on your Android smartphone, your tablet, or, um, and I assume also an and, uh, Android smartphone, I'm assuming you can go on an iPhone as well here. You're on both platforms, right? Correct, correct. We, we have apps on both. That, we just need to update that data. So you're on Android, you're on Apple, and so I can get on my tablet, I can get on my smartphone, or... I can just get this on Google TV, which is coming preloaded on more and more of these smart TVs, right? Correct. And there's also small devices that you can buy uh, that are similar to the Apple TV. They're the size of a you know, deck of cards. Right. And uh, those, those are very portable as well. So. Now, we were talking about this Google Chromecast. So this is a little dongle. It sort of takes whatever is on your smartphone and projects it onto the TV? Is that what it does? Sort of like Bluetooth or something? It'll take what, what's playing through this? Is that what Correct. we're saying? Okay. Yeah, it's called, it's called screencasting. Basically, whatever you see on your small screen, you're, you're kind of broadcasting onto the big screen. So here's my question. Are you in addition to a cable or satellite subscription, or are you in place of? I think we act as both, and I'll tell you how. So okay. If you think if you think about the current cable model, uh, it's a it's usually a hard wire or a satellite dish that, that is installed on the home. Correct. In right. Both of those in, in both of those configurations, there are a limited number of channels that can be delivered to the customer. I mean, Depending on the bandwidth or the size of the pipe or whatever, basically. Yeah. It, 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 well, it's not so much the bandwidth because that's more on the internet side, but but yeah, the size of the pipe and how much they've allocated 
to delivering their channels. And in and, and, and a cable or satellite TV model, the channels are always on your set-top box. So if you have 500 channels, they're always right there inside the set-top box. You change the channel, they're all being delivered at all times. Simultaneously. 500 are flowing into your house, and you just switch which one you want to view. You turn the TV, basically, to that channel, right? Correct, correct. So there's a limited number of channels they can fit there. Um, on the Internet side, one of the nice things about Internet TV is it's kind of uh, on demand. So hypothetically, there, there are 25,000 TV channels in the world. Wow. Hypothetically, our guide could have all 25,000 of them. And as a matter of fact, I got an email uh, the other day from a, a, a nice, friendly woman in Uzbekistan <laughs> who, wanted to add, who, wanted to, who wanted her channel added in the national it's the national channel of Uzbekistan. I was you looking for Uzbeki TV last night. Now I know where to go. All right. Well, that, that's that's one of the benefits of our of our system is is it's a one to one system. So if you are somebody from Uzbekistan living in Topeka, Kansas, sure, and you go to you go to your local your, you go to your local cable provider, uh, you can't really find too many channels no. uh, on that because they're the, the way that the cable model works is they look at their demographic. And they broadcast all the channels to that demographic. So if you're Greek even living in Topeka, Kansas, it's very hard for you to find more than one channel. The only way you might be able to get more channels is to go to somebody like Dish, who's really the only company, I would say, that is in the in-language business mm -hmm. that's, let's say, an incumbent. Right. So that's that's really kind of how we started. You know, going back, do we complement or do we or, or we replace? Yeah, or, right. Or do we replace? I think where we are right now is as we're focused on the in-language programming. Okay. I would say we're more of a complement. But once we launch the U.S. service, I think that you know, and I I won't say just me, but I think there's a lot of market research that will back this up. But you've got the younger generation, a lot of uh, whom don't want to pay eighty-five dollars a month for cable TV. Right. Um, you've got a lot of people that are paying eighty-five dollars a month on average for cable TV that want to reduce that cost. I'm raising my hand as you're speaking here. Go ahead. <laughs> or, or don't want all 500 channels and want a sub-segment of those channels. And I think at that point in time, that's really when we become, uh, let's say, a, a, a replacement. Um, because not only can we offer the U.S. channels, but we'll also be able to offer those in-language channels that, again, a lot of these people want but you know currently cannot get. All right. So I, you immediately prompt three more questions in my brain here, the first of which is, what is the market for? other language channels is there a market for uzbeki tv do people want to watch um in uh i don't know let's pick some obscure country in timbuktu they must have a television station or something does somebody want to see this i think so i think that there no matter what content is i mean there's 20 like i said there's twenty five thousand channels out there for a reason not because people just decide to throw up content i think one of the things and, you know, we'll get into how I came up with the idea for this, but right. I was living overseas, and, and I was surrounded by a lot of expats, and none of us could watch what we wanted where we were. Hmm. And uh, and I I was able, because I was in the IT space, I was able to kind of monkey rig my computer and my TV, and I was able to get not everything that I wanted, but I was able to get most of what, what I wanted, but it was not a pleasant experience. Hmm. So I, I, to answer your question, I mean, if, if excluding, let's say, the, the population from Mexico here in the United States, but all the other nationalities you're looking at almost 20 million people uh that that are from places you know that, that either speak arabic or from india or from vietnam or germany or italy or the uk or chinese I mean, everything yeah, right, right right and if you go if you go over to western europe i mean you go into turkey there's a very large i mean in germany, europe, germany there's a very large well, turkish population yeah right so so that's really the idea is, is, is the other thing that we're not limited by is geography if you think about a cable company they again they run these pipes or they broadcast a satellite which has a limited spectrum or coverage area um we're not we're doing we're, we're kind of riding over the public internet and as long as you have that connection it could be you know even i uh, on my on my iphone which is on the uh, uh at&t lte network mm -hmm. i can watch my channels with no buffering so it, it, it it's it's to a point now and one of the problems that we had when we started was connectivity and, and the number of devices in people's hands. And, you know, going back to 2007, I think the iPhone launched in 2007 or 8. Right. None of these devices were in people's hands. Now we've got, you know, if you add up the iPhones and the smartphones and the tablets and these connected devices, you're over a billion devices that are in people's hands today. So the idea of getting to the to these people, number one, through a device, and number two, through a, a fast enough connection, 
which was a big problem when we started the company, it has been eliminated, essentially. We had somebody on one show, and they said there are more people with cell phones than there are access to drinkable water, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, there are people in poor countries that can't get drinkable water, but they sure got a cell phone now out in the middle of Africa or something in the middle of the bush. Or, um, all right, so I'm still trying to process some of this stuff here. And what I'm trying to figure out is under the typical cable model, they actually charge the producers, the original networks, the content creators, or the content distributors, the Fox TVs who either make the show themselves or distribute from somebody else. They charge them an access fee, don't they, to, to, to feed into that little list of 300 channels that you've subscribed to. They, they almost don't want to have a 1,000. Well, I suppose they would, but they can't get a 1,000 people to pay to be on their cable system. Because didn't we just have something where one of the channels, CBS, wouldn't pay here in Orange County? One of the, it wasn't Cox, but one of Time Warner or something, and they were going to drop them and all this stuff. Do you guys similarly get access? I'm trying to understand the revenue model. Do you make money from Moroccan TV paying you to distribute it through smartphones? Well, it works kind of the opposite way that, that you, you just mentioned. So basically, the cable companies pay the broadcasters, and a lot of times there's a battle over how much they're going to pay for a channel and typically oh it's the reverse they're not charging they're paying the cbs for the use of that program okay for the rights for the rights to actually broadcast the program so yes i mean we're operating under the same premise where we're going to go out and and we're going to license the content we're going to pay the broadcaster for that content we're going to charge more than what we obviously pay so we we make make a profit sure but the idea again going back to the fundamental uh overhead costs, what it costs to run an, an over-the-top or I, you know, internet television company is far less in terms of all of the pipes and wires and maintenance and trucks and people than it takes to run you know, our operation. Because there's already a we public have- infrastructure called the internet that's distributing this, and you're just somehow pulling this onto the internet and then pushing it to the consumer. So that's really the premise, is the, the cost savings that we have, we can pass along to the customer. Now, if I am Moroccan TV, why don't I just stream it myself over the Internet? Why do I have to go through a middleman like you to get it to the, the four customers in Topeka, Kansas? Uh, I, mean, I mean, in some cases they do. I think the, the one thing that they don't want to get into is the end customer management business where they're, they're, you know, some of these channels just want to hand off their signal and be done with it and collect a fee per subscriber. Right. They don't want to get into building the uh, interface that, that, number one, you have to broadcast now to the end customer, which means you have to guarantee the service to the end customer. You have to provide customer service. You have to be able to you know pay the bill online, turn the service Got online. Got it. So there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to it that they just don't want to get in. I mean, and some do. I mean, you've got channels now, if you if you see like the NFL and, and some of these other uh, – Service providers, they're, they're, or content creators, they're they're letting you do you know build, buy a relationship directly with them. Yeah, exactly. And bypass the bypass the cable operator. Yeah, right. And that's what I keep wondering. It's someday you know with the power of the internet, will all content providers? Why, why does Fox have to have a, a, a group of affiliates with towers around the country to transmit their their video signals? Why can't they just through the internet and bypass the cable company? bypass DirecTV and just bring it into the home directly and, and bypass their affiliates. And you just you create a relationship with Fox TV or NBC or CBS, and they just send you their content directly. Why do they have to go to an affiliate who then sends it through the air, which nobody's listening to anymore, and then also puts it through the local cable? It seems like a complicated, convoluted system of distribution here. It, it, it is. And I don't know if you paid attention to the... There was a recent case in the Supreme Court that dealt with the free airways, but in terms of the free airways, I mean, that's mandated by the government that that these major channels have to broadcast over the air. Yeah, because they wanted to drop all the local channels and fill them up with paying things, right? right. They didn't want to have the local KNBC uh, channel anymore here. So, So, I mean, I think that, you know, going back to your question is why don't they do that, I think it's easier for them to, you know, if you're a CBS or a Fox, You've got 110 million paying subscribers of your service right now through an existing model of cable and satellite companies. 
why would you want to turn that off if you're getting, you know, 50 cents or a dollar per month from each one of those customers, and now you have to go build that direct relationship? It's uh, it's a lot of work. So I think it's probably uh, the path of least resistance right now. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happening is you, 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 you're starting to see the younger generation getting away from this old model and the old pricing structure. And I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you're seeing a lot of different things being tried out and, ex- and experimented with. And, and one of the things you haven't seen yet is, is, is kind of our model because I believe all the incumbents uh, don't want to see this sort of model uh, come, come to be. I was going to say, so uh, you just said, so now I'm Fox, I'm getting 50 cents a subscriber to the, catalog, to the um, cable or satellite system. They're, they've got the, they're collecting the money from the customer and they're turning around paying Fox, for example, 50 cents per customer to carry uh, their program, to license their program and, and convey it to the end paying consumer here. Why would they want to switch to you? Why, why would Fox or any of these people want to break that relation, or or can they? Are they are they excluded from distributing it through other channels? I don't know what kind of battle Directv went uh, into getting their stuff when I'm sure the cable companies tried to stop them from getting it or said if you carry theirs and will not carry it. Any of that kind of stuff going yeah. on? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's all that kind of stuff even going down to the to the device level. I, I don't want to go into some of the device issues we've had, but yeah, I mean, these big companies are going to do whatever they can to protect their, their market share. But I, I think the fundamental fact is this. With with or without companies like us, people are turning away from the current model. So, you know, in a sense... I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm going to just interject this because I've got a 21-year, 22-year-old daughter and her friends. She will go up... We have a 60-inch TV downstairs. She will go up and stairs and watch stuff off of a 4-inch smartphone before she'll watch it over... Sure the cable and i'm flabbergasted um she would if she when she moves out not even get cable tv because yeah i was just gonna say so she's watching youtube and other sorts of things and she's watching netflix and she's watching hulu and she's watching all this stuff then she'd rather prefer to watch it over a tiny screen than pay even if it was free i don't think she just she wants it where she wants it wherever you know she doesn't want to sit in front of the in the living room in front of the permanent box there and and you know i have a five-year-old son he's the same way he has an ipad and he watches PBS Kids and, and uh, YouTube or VTube or whatever, and and uh, he's happy as a lark on, on that smaller screen. But I, I think, you know, again, going back to why would Fox or any of these other networks want to do business with us, right. I, think they reali- I think they realize there's a shift happening, and I think that they realize also if the shift is happening and they're losing eyeballs and there's a provider that might be giving them back some of those eyeballs yes. that they're losing – then they're saying, well, why wouldn't we want to do business with you? So you're a threat to the cable companies who've spent billions, trillions maybe, putting all these wires into everybody's home, and all. but but the condition was that you had to sit there and watch something connected to that wire. And now we want to be wireless. We want to be wherever. We want to be free. Right, and, and, you know, I'm I'm actually a Comcast subscriber. I have their application on my phone, and... uh, but you're, do, you're doing it just to check them out as competitive uh, information. I know what you're doing. You're just trying to see what they're up to. That, you don't do it because you want it. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, the thing is, is, like I said, they have a handful of channels that they offer live. And, uh, and, and, and it's just, like I said, it's just, it's, it's just everybody's so uncertain about what to do that they're moving at a very slow pace. So we're going where there's opportunities, the foreign channels, the in-language programming, and some of these U.S. channels that are willing to, to work with us, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna launch with what we have. And I think that's that's really the idea here is to is to you know we kind of have been proving our concept for several years, and and now we're ready to kind of roll it out into the mainstream population because over the last several years, I mean, Netflix really didn't even exist. Now they've got 35 million customers. Isn't so that amazing. I think the the growth of this space, you know, has gone from almost nothing, you know, back in 2006, 2007, whenever I was thinking of the concept of Wherever TV, and it's projected by 2017 to be almost a $40 billion industry. Good God. So Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's grown, yeah, it's growing very fast, uh, and, and, and I kind of always liken it. What, and I think the other thing with, with us, and, and why I think we're different than, let's say, other other companies in this space. Is All right, we'll, look at, really we'll get you to say that because then we got to go to a commercial, so go ahead. 
Well, I can even wait until after the commercial. Let's wait till after the commercial because I think we, you, we, you're dropping bombs on us left and right here, and I think we're all still <laughs> ducking for cover here. We still we got we're shell shocked. We don't know what to make of some of this here. So stick around. We're going to see if we can sort it out in the remaining twenty minutes or so. You're listening to Critical Mass for Business with Mark Kavikia from Wherever TV. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Okay, you're back at Critical Mass for Radio right here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. And we're talking to a fellow bomb thrower here. We're talking to somebody that's doing disruptive stuff like we're trying to do here over audio programming, where you get it through the Internet rather than through over-the-air traditional radio stations. This guy's going to let you get over, going to get you live television programming, live video content here, if you want to think of it in that sense, from major countries and the next goal is major networks here in the u.s did i summarize that correctly you can get this over your internet you can get this over your smartphone you can get it wherever you are that's correct and that seems to question the wisdom then of at&t trying to spend billions to lock up the satellite uh tv market through direct tv and Eight or and uh, who's buying Comcast? I forgot. No, off the top of my head, you said no, it earlier. AT and T's buying Comcast? Comcast. No, Comcast is trying to buy Time Warner. Okay. And AT and T is trying to buy Directv. So my point is, everybody thinks there's a big value in having those cables into the house or the satellite into the house, and you're coming up with a third way, not just into the house, but into the smartphones, where all the y- younger generation is migrating and moving their content consumption too. Right. right. I, I kind of liken our business model and our philosophy and really our approach, if you, if you go back to the early 1990s and you look at the telephone, telecommunications industry, okay. most, peop- most people that had a phone had a phone where? In their home. It was a fixed line. It was a fixed line service. Right. You basically it was in the hallway, and you had to go out and talk to somebody, and you got a 50-foot cord so you could walk around the house, yeah. 
Right, right. And, and really the only people that, that had mobile phones back then were either people that had a little bit of money or business people that needed it for, for what they did. But it was really not uh, obviously as prevalent as it is today. And I think that if you look at the television industry, I don't, I'm not going to say that Comcast or, or Time Warner or any of these companies are going to not be around in 20 years. What I'm going to tell you is I believe, and what we've, you know, what we've patented the technology around. What you're betting is, on here, right. What, what I believe is going to happen is television services are going to become portable. And when I say they're going to become portable, uh, that means that you're going to take your, your playlist with you wherever you go. And, again, you can watch it on a little screen or through, you know, AirPlay or Chromecast or devices and, and things that haven't even come up yet, you're going to be able to transmit that that, serve, that, that that signal onto the big screen. If you're at your office, if you're in a hotel room, if you're in the U.S., if you're in China, it doesn't really matter. So that's really what we, what I saw, you know, 10 years ago and wrote a patent about. And, and basically that's really what we have, you know, we're, we're, we're building. I mean, that's essentially the the actual solution that we're building. Are yeah. there other competitors in this space, or are you kind of alone, or other trying to do? Are, are people doing it but differently? I mean, tell me what the competition looks like here. Yeah, so I, I think there are different types of competitors. You've got obviously the incumbent satellite and cable companies are one group of people that I would say are the traditional way to to bring content into the home, either through a satellite or a cable. Right, and then you've got the niche players that are focused on the the German or the Italian or the Indian programming, and that's all that they do, and that's really all they're going to focus on. Right. So I call those the niche players. And they come in through how? Through the Internet or through on riding along oh, yeah. on one of those other two things? Through, okay. through, through, through the Internet, the same same way we do. Okay. Uh, and then the third, I would say the third company, which is kind of almost like the second, is a company like Ariel. And, again, if you're not familiar with Aereo... Yeah, let's talk uh, about Aereo. That was my last question here before we... I'm sure we got that in, because Aereo is another whole strange creature. Hasn't this gone all the way to the Supreme Court, or isn't it going all the way to the Supreme Court? I don't know what the current status of the state of that lawsuit is. It it has. It's gone to the Supreme Court. It was was heard last month. I think it was April the 22nd was the date that they were there. But, but the fundamental premise of Aereo is, is really the same thing that I do, which is we take television content, we, you know, we, in, we inject it into our facility, we then change the, uh, the way that it's broadcast called re-encoding. So we re-encode that signal, and then we broadcast it to the customer through the Internet. The only difference between what they do and what I do is they don't, do, they don't pay the channels that they're taking the content from. Exactly. So the NBCs and the Foxes and the CBSs, and they're broadcasting it, and they're keeping all the money. I mean, that's a great model. I, I really like that model. But, <laughs> right. You know, fundamentally, I don't think that uh, the other cable companies like it, nor do the channels, since they are the ones that ended up suing Aereo. And, uh, well, it would I, be I'm like if I somehow could put a microphone or uh, up to my traditional radio and capture what's coming through the air and then send that through the Internet. That was their argument. You're giving it away anyway freely through the air. Why can't I just take that? And I could have people come over and listen to it. Why can't I just have people around the world listen to it? But I don't know. What did the Supreme Court well, rule on that? They, they, they haven't yet. But, I mean, the idea is this, is if you wanted to go and buy all the hardware and all the services you need to replicate that, you're not going to be able to do it for $8 a month. And I think that's fundamentally where the problem is, right. is if it was a one-to-one system from, from end to end, which means that every customer had their own complete system that was independent of one another, that's a whole different story, but that, that's not what's ha- that's not what's happening. Because so, and then they're saying you're saying you're taking copyrighted material and and profiting it from from it without paying a copyright. Well, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, of course, that's what they're doing. I mean, um, so so I but 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 I'll take a step back and say I think what they have done uh, is a very positive step for the industry because they've made more people aware of over the top television mm-hmm. and more specifically over the top live television. So. From that perspective, you know, I, I, I welcome what they did. I just, uh, again, if I could participate in that sort of a, a revenue model, I would love it. Yeah. So uh, you're willing to you're willing to play ball a little little differently and actually let them share in this revenue stream that you're going to create from their content, their broadcast, their copyrighted materials here. 
Well, I mean, uh, what I'm, I'm not trying to change that model. I mean, that right. model's in place. It's going to always be in place. And, if, you know, basically you're going to get what you pay for. And if, if you don't want to pay for content, then the people that are creating that content really have no incentive to create it. So I, I think that that model will continue to kind of play out. But I think, you know, if you look at this uh, over-the-top Internet TV space, it really provides a lot of opportunity for companies that are, you know, small mid-cap companies to really reach an audience that maybe they couldn't do in the old or existing uh, cable or satellite TV model. So well, that's another, you know, not only the consumer, but, but companies that are advertising can also benefit from this model. Well, because you're willing to carve out just individual packages. Can I customize what I get through your service? Can I say I want these three American channels and these two Russian channels, or do I have to just take the package like I get from the cable or direct TV companies? Do I have to just accept your channels, or can I say I pick and choose what I want and do it a la carte and piece it together? So, so there's two answers to that question, and it really comes down to the U.S. content and the non-U.S. content. Okay. Obviously, the U.S. content is the most valuable and, and most profitable in, in the world, and therefore there are far more restrictions on that content, uh, what you can do, how it's sold, etc., um, there's a lot more flexibility with the Greek or the Indian or the, or, or, you know, or the Arabic programming. You know, to answer your question, with the U.S. service that we're going to launch, it will be a package. There's not really a lot of, it's not an a la carte. I'm not trying to change that model because, right. uh, again, uh, I'm just too small to do that. Right. Uh, and I don't think the industry is really. So right you'll buy, I'll, I'll have a package that has 10 channels, 50 channels, 1,000 channels, whatever it is. And then if I want to add on, there's other packages that have some add ons probably or perhaps. Correct. correct. But our, yeah, our, our basic package will be about 80 channels. It'll retail for about $30. So it's going to be a lot less than your average, you know, your average cable package. But like with the Greek packages, we, we can offer anything from one channel to we have six. So you can pick and choose and mix and match. And the other nice thing is, you know, I have a customer call me and say, hey, I don't want this channel anymore. Switch it to that channel. We don't have long-term commitments. It's month to month. Gotcha. And you pay as you go. And if, if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Or if you're, you know, I have a lot of people that go back to Greece for the summer. Uh, they turn it off for the summer, they come back, and then they turn it back on. So Now, my only other thought is, if I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to watch The Simpsons tonight over your service on my smartphone. Uh, I don't know, or whatever is on tonight. I actually don't even know what's on tonight. But whatever's on tonight, uh, I want to watch it through your thing, not through cable TV, not through direct TV. Am I going to run into a bandwidth issue because it's coming through my mobile phone carrier and they're limiting how much data, I, depending on the data transmission plan I have? Well, most people that, that, that are, you know, anybody that's a high consumption uh, customer on, on mobile, and I use myself and my son as two examples because I think we probably consume more than the average customer, we, we mainly do it on a Wi-Fi network. So uh. if I'm at the office, I'm on a Wi-Fi network. If I'm at home, on a Wi-Fi network. Really, the only time I'm 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 actually uh, on a cellular network is really between my office and my house, or if I'm traveling. And even if I'm traveling, if I'm in a hotel, if I'm in an airport, if I'm at a customer's uh, office, I'm almost on Wi-Fi all the time anymore. And, and and now I don't know if you if you have Comcast to where you are, but mm-hmm. Comcast has now also enabled this uh, ability that if, if there's somebody in the re- in the in the in, in your area that has an uh, Xfinity service. There's a public connection that if you're a Comcast subscriber, you can actually tap into that really? into that box. Wow! As well. And there's yeah, some cities kind of talking about I don't I can't name them off the top of my head, but I've read where cities themselves as municipalities are trying to create citywide Wi-Fi. I don't know who would pay for it or yeah. how they do it, but the idea is that everybody wants to go to this city then because anywhere you can get Wi-Fi. Yes, I mean Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is one place that, that there. If you go downtown, they have free Wi-Fi. So. Wow been around now for about five or six so with years. that internet uh, p- taken care of by somebody else i'm just tapping into it and then i'm just paying for your service so i don't have any sort of bandwidth issue i don't have to worry about how much data i'm downloading through this live stream i'm just doing it through a free uh, internet connection here or an internet connection right, that i paid I, for somehow some other way like my house has a wi-fi so i'm paying separately for that right. it's unlimited yeah yeah, and, and the other thing is live television is, you know, we're, we're generally broadcasting around one to one and a half megabytes per second, which is far less than what an average connection is now. I mean, if you 
think about where connections were 10 years ago. Right. You know, you're looking at an average connection at 56K, and today you're looking at the average connection is broadband, which is three or four megabytes. So I, I think that as time goes on, two things are going to happen. Internet speeds are going to get faster. The, in uh, Korea, we had somebody on saying that they're getting 100 megabytes up and down or some crazy thing like that. We're struggling to get three and five. One, 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 one gigabyte. They're, they're one wow. gigabyte. And that's, that's being rolled out in the U.S. now. I think uh, I can't remember which city. I know Google was doing it in Kansas did. City or someplace like that. They were trying Correct. to prove the concept. Correct. Correct, and they have a lot of people that are buying their buying their service. So I think as time goes on, that whole issue of bandwidth and 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 the buffering and all the things that you saw back at the very beginning of this industry are just going to kind of uh, they're they're just kind of going away. So are they going to be left with these empty wires coming into your house here that nobody's using anymore? Um, no, <laughs> again, I, I think that I, I think the older population. I mean, if you look at the demographics, right, the average age of of somebody with the cable service, I think now is. 54 years old and, and watch it you're, really getting, you're getting awful close to my age here okay all right you're, well, you're. <laughs> mine, mine, mine as well, mine as well you're defining me now here this. okay <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at the over-the-top uh, services you have a much younger demographic you've got yeah. and again going back to some of the over the top meaning you're going over the box somehow you're bypassing the box the cable box is that what you're saying is that what, well, I, right you're, you're right you're going over the top of that box right you're kind of circumventing the cable company now you're really not because you know most of the cable companies are also your internet providers yes i was going to say so it's not like they're losing yeah it's not like they've got nothing coming into the house they've got phone or they've got internet still correct correct well i am fascinated with this because of course we're trying to do uh internet radio which is more than podcasting it's a live stream it's a live radio broadcast but it's coming through the internet instead of the over over the airwaves and our theory is that as cars become connected and have become connected, either through a smartphone hookup or directly through a computer in the car, uh, an Internet service into the car or satellite service into the car, that eventually we're wondering why anybody would want to broadcast over a tower through the air to reach that car, that mobile audience, when that mobile audience is able to get Internet anywhere through all these things, it's going to be a different world. You're going to be getting all sorts of your – I think you're going to get all your content, audio and video, through your devices and you want it instantly you want it wherever whenever you want it here i couldn't agree i couldn't agree with you more yeah that's why i'm I'm not trying to be hard on you i'm just really trying to drill down into some of the implications of this i mean ostensibly on the surface of it you're providing an add-on you you're allowing me through the internet to get foreign language services that I can't get through my cable companies because they don't see enough value. There aren't enough customers in their market to do it. But the implication is, as you go to carry U.S. content, now you become a direct competitor. Why? And and, and people say, well, why would you want to do that? Not just because it's cheaper and all these other things, because that's the way the world's moving. They don't want to sit still right. in front of a TV. That's but, right. And, and I think the, the other thing that this does is it allows people... You know, there's absolutely no reason that there can't be a critical mass 24-7 TV channel. Yes. I mean, you've got, you have interviews and content, and as you start to a- kind of aggregate that video library, let's say you started doing video interviews right. instead of audio, and, and I'll take an example. We actually, you know, one of our marketing partners is the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America. They've got about one and a half million members, and I went to them and said, listen, I will develop a 24-7 uh, and I'll pay for the 24-7 streaming channel in exchange for you helping me market my services to the Greek population in the United States and Canada. Wow. So we can go out and, you know, I know there's brands in Orange County. There's, you know, there's companies like Quicksilver and Oakley and other companies like that that very easily could go out and develop a 24-7 Internet channel that is, is you know, content, not just necessarily commercials, but, yeah, right. like, for example, Red- Red Bull has a channel which has a lot of extreme sports, but they're promoting Red Bull, you know, in every yeah, event. Right, so. they're associating their brand with these extreme sports. They're they're connecting the two together. Right. Why can't we talk about this? Let's do this. OC Talk Radio is projecting live uh, radio programming throughout the week, all business oriented, and then uh, you know we and we thought often about we should just put a video camera in here and and 
stream video as well as streaming audio from this set. Why you'd want to watch people talk on the radio, I don't know, but Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern sure proved that that's popular. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the same idea that we think there's a place for audio, obviously, because you can multitask. You, you can't drive and watch a car. You can't jog and watch a car, or, or TV, I mean. So if you're driving a car, you can't watch TV, what I meant to say. Whereas if you're in the car, you want to listen to something. So we think there's a place and a space for audio, and always will be. But there's certainly a huge, huge demand, probably an even bigger demand for TV. And it's a different kind of experience. You're watching rather than listening. It tends to be more emotional, reactive, sports, romance, sex, whatever. you know. It's, and audio seems to be more of a contemplative, cognitive kind of process. You listen and think more than you are because there's no visuals to take over. So without getting too deep into the difference between the two, I think there's a place for both. But we could certainly see an Orange County television channel broadcast with the same business folks that we have here and i could see an audience for that just like we built an audience for these audio streams either live or later as podcasts correct and and you could do it as either a, a linear stream where you have programming that, that runs you know in a certain continuously certain yeah right one after the other right and and or you could have the video on demand and and the nice thing is people could you know if, they, if there was an interview they missed and they want to see the CEO or they want to actually see the interaction in real time rather than just listen to it because they maybe heard it on the on the way home on the in the car but they want to watch it when they get home or sure. watch, finish watching it on TV when they get home as you said with the AT&T commercial then they would be able to switch from that audio only stream to the audio and video stream and get it on the big screen TV in their house same thing we're doing with audio content but in a video format here you can listen to it live or you can listen to it later well very very interesting stuff how do people get in touch with you how do they find out more about this uh how do uh, and, and are you looking for other channel partners or are you just focusing on right now trying to conquer the u.s traditional tv channels would you be interested in developing well, new channels absolutely we're, we're we're definitely interested in new channels new partners uh, raising money. I mean, we're doing everything. So in terms of reaching us, um, the website I think you mentioned is wherever.tv. That's W-H-E-R-E-V-E-R.tv. You can email us at info at wherever.tv. Our phone number is uh, 412-663-0094. And we're also a publicly traded company on the OTC, Pinks, and our ticker symbol is TVTV. Wow, how'd you get that one? That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty easy one, TV, TV. All right, well, fascinating. I was, I was shocked. I was, too. I would think something like that would be <laughs> long gone. Well, fascinating. How long have you been doing this? Where are you at in we, the process? We started, well, I wrote my patent in 2006 and uh, developed the first prototype in 2007. We built our first website uh, then and, and had our first product that was the the hardware piece I was telling telling you about. We then did our first uh, licensed content deal in 2011, and started uh, you know going after the U.S. content in 2012. And we're now at a point where we're getting very close to having enough of that content aggregated to launch the service here by the end of the year. Amazing. Well, I want to have a conversation with you offline here about uh, the idea of creating new channels because I think that's where the future is. It isn't just the broad audience what they used to call broadcasting the big sports and all the other stuff yeah you got to have that and i understand that's where a lot of money is made but more and more people as proven by pandora as proven by netflix are willing actually interested not just willing to look at other content hungry for thousands of other maybe very uh, minor obscure niches uh, ukrainian folk dancing and they want to see a video about that that's why they go to youtube or they want to listen to ukrainian music and they go to pandora or in our case they want to hear a very specific thing like critical mass for business where we're talking to local orange county business owners that might not be something that the world would uh, uh, want to listen to but those who are have no other place to go but here to find those yeah i mean I, I i would i would welcome that conversation and i agree with you i think that you know we see a, a big uptick in in, in view, viewership when something happens around the world no matter if it's a tragedy or something yeah. good people tend to gravitate to that country to that you know breaking news channel to see it not from our our view of the world but to actually go to the source and actually see it in real time from from 
worth happening. Yeah, so that, I think that's, that's, that's what's fascinating to watch Al, Al Jazeera, even though and that's a, I know that's a touchy subject in the United States because of their Arab-sounding name and their association with uh, whatever it is, Abu Dhabi or Dubai or whoever's funding this thing. But, uh, you know, it is interesting to watch an English-language broadcast from a different perspective and see how they see the same events but in their own from their own uh, filter, from their own point of view here. So. Right, right, and they're they're all over. I mean, even uh, Iran has press TV, and Russia Today has the Russia Today uh, in English. So yeah, you get I've a, you get a too, right? perspective uh, of of how people see us, and uh, you know sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. So that's yeah, but we should know. We we, we yeah we live in a Absolutely. bubble, right? You want to be able, and that's the thing I hear over and over as we'll wrap up here. Choice. People want choice. They want. They don't want the handful of content. They, they don't want the handful of artists that the record company picked out anymore. They don't want the handful of songs that the radio station decided they're going to play based on market research. They want millions, zillions of choices. They don't want the handful of programs that the networks have decided to greenlight and produce. They want to watch billions of sometimes very goofy, amateurish things and sometimes very interesting, obscure topics through YouTube and Netflix and other sorts of things here. So I think the more content, the the wider your your um, package is, the more content that's available, the more audience you'll find based on those models. Absolutely, and we're you know we're trying to get onto pretty much every uh, platform that's out there as they evolve. We just signed a deal with a big distributor of of uh, devices in Europe uh, and and uh, uh, South America. So as I sure. said, you know the idea is not just the U.S., but it's really bringing content to wherever you are in the world choice you know, based on what what your personal exactly what your personal preferences are choice of content and choice of when and where you want to watch this stuff I, there is no such thing as must see tv anymore where we stop and go maybe the super bowl but there are very few things that get us to stop and adjust our schedule we want to watch it wherever whenever and we want to watch as have as many choices as possible in our selection so i applaud you for what you're doing i, I definitely will con- reach out to you and i Hope that you'll come back again sometime in the future, and we'll get a chance to hear more about uh, your progress. Because, wow, folks, this could be the birth of a new whole thing, that uh, a disruptive technology that replaces or takes the place of uh, cable TV and satellite TV and turns the Internet into your TV provider. Yes, and I want to thank you again, and uh, uh, I welcome the opportunity to come back. And uh, I also want to give a shout-out to my son, John. I think he's Oh, please, yes, absolutely. He's probably on a <laughs> smartphone somewhere surfing, or, or uh, I don't know, he's, he's five, so he's not surfing. He's, he's in the backyard digging a hole, but he's watch, list, watching Dad or listening to Dad right now here. That's that's the way the world he's, is going. I'm sure he's on his iPad probably, you know, listening <laughs> to this. Slide. How old is he, five? Five, yeah. Oh, my God. He's on, a fi- he's on five, and he's on an iPad like it's just... No big deal, and and you know expects to get content. When I was five, you know I had a I had a paper cup, a Dixie cup, and a string, and we stretched it across to the neighbor's yard, and we thought that was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank you so much, here. All right, well, folks, uh, you've been listening to again probably one of the most cutting edge uh, ideas I've heard in a long time coming to you right here on Critical Mass for Business. That's why you tune in. I know we normally get a little deeper into motivations and challenges, but I just think that this topic alone deserved a, a full airing. We had to really understand the full implications of what he was doing, because I, I just think he's onto something big here, and I'm appreciative that he came on and spent the time to, to try and peel back the onion, as everybody likes to say, and look at all the different layers here. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, tomorrow, um, Rick will still be out, but don't worry you won't have to put up with me and my long-winded uh, discussions here you can uh, tune in to a different point of view as asia celestino our normally our social media manager is going to take to the take the reins and take to the air and uh, conduct tomorrow's interview so um tune in we're always trying to uh, bring you different ideas and different topics here to talk about and if you have any interest yourself in uh, finding out more about uh, ceo peer groups or any of the work that rick does uh, and all the cutting edge uh, books he's written white papers the conferences the events like the upcoming 
final Fridays now from Brandman. What time is that? 1 to 2.30, I think we do that. 1 to 2.30 on the final Friday of every month. You can come over and see a live radio broadcast live from Brandman University. Right off the 405, right behind Kaiser and Hoke Hospital there. I think it's off of Sand Canyon. Hey, come over and say hi and tell us that you're listening. And, and you can be part of the audience, the studio audience on that day. So if you want to hear anything more about what Rick's doing, go to Critical Mass for Business, all spelled out, F-O-R, criticalmassforbusiness.com, and you can see all the innovative and exciting things and find out about the cutting-edge uh, peer groups that he's uh, put together where they're sort of like giant masterminds. People get together and brainstorm with, under a facilitated forum here and really get some explosive results. Critical Mass, it only takes one, that right ingredient to make something explode. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Or I'll, I'll be back uh, behind the mic, but we'll see you tomorrow at uh, the same time, same place, with Asia hosting the show. You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.